Greetings, heroes, and thank you for answering the Summoner's Call. Presented by the Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes. I don't know why I paused there real, real weirdly. And the Fire Emblem franchise. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me today is my co-host, Eddie. How's it going, Eddie? Not too bad. Been quite a hectic week last week, so we didn't actually get to record then, but yeah. we're back. We are back. I apologize to everybody. Uh, we we did do a mini, so technically, you know, we 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 did we were on the feed, but we didn't have a proper episode, which means we're gonna have a lot to talk about tonight. But we are back to our normally scheduled uh, schedule, so that's that's quite exciting, isn't it, Eddie? Yes, it is nice to be back. If for sure. And uh, before we get into the show, I did want to mention, and I'll probably mention this for the next couple months, so you know, bear with me, folks, but uh, Extra Life is here. If you're a fan of the Gamers Inn, you're very familiar with Extra Life, but if you, this is your first interaction with myself uh, or Eddie, uh, Extra Life is a charity uh, where we'll play video games. Well, well, I will be playing video games for 24 hours. I don't know if, uh, if Eddie's doing it, but... Uh, Basically, as the Gamers In team, we play video games for 24 hours in support of Children's Miracle Network hospitals around the world. Uh, all your donations are tax dedu- deductible. Uh, you can go to bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2018 to see the team. Donate to anybody you see fit. Uh, you can join the team. It's an open team. If you want to, all we ask is that you raise money for the kids and you play some video games. And those are the rules. It's an awesome charity. They've raised millions of dollars for for sick kids around uh, around the world. So uh, at least uh, check it out. Uh, I implore you to check it out for sure. Yeah, I, I often want to help out or join in and do stuff or whatever, participate. But you know, I got this pesky work stuff, and I'm an old fart who really can't stay up for 24 hours anymore. So no, I don't know how I do it, and. You know, Jocelyn and I, my, Jocelyn, my co-host on the Gamers Inn, we've been talking about, like, okay, how do we how do we do this? There's going to be a year where 24 hours, that's our last year of 24 hours. And I, I don't think we're there quite yet, but we're getting damn close. Uh, 24 hours is always a struggle, but we we do it for, for the kids. And, and honestly, there's no rule, no hard and fast rule about having to do it for 24 hours. You can split it, you know, do 12 hours one day and 12 hours the next. It's, it's really more about raising the money and less about playing video games for an unhealthy amount of time. Uh, although, personally, I do like playing video games for an unhealthy amount of time because it's not something I get to do very often uh, these days. But I look forward to it. Usually we'll play bef- right right before or right after the game day, which is November 3rd. But because it falls during BlizzCon, we do have to move it around uh, due to some travel. But enough about that. Check it out, bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2018. We'll have links in the show notes as well. Please do check it out. But we are behind. I already mentioned this is going to be a double-stuffed episode, you know, mainly because Intelligent Systems has dropped quite a few uh, tidbits in our laps. So starting out with a banner update, uh, current banners running are Norian Dusk. We talked about that on our mini last week. That'll go to the 10th of October. The new power banner goes to the 25th. Performing Arts Rerun, we'll talk about that in a little bit, goes until the 19th. And wrapping things up, Generals of the Moosepilth goes to the 23rd of October. Eddie, as always, I want to start with your summoning and how it's gone over the last two weeks. Well, with the new power in Performing Arts, all I did was the free summon. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so didn't do much there. Um, and the new power did, did... would be Celica, Odin, and who was the other guy? Shershi. Shersh. Shershershay. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, they got new uh, weapons or refinements for their weapons, so they have a banner, as they usually do when they do that. Uh, like I said, I just threw out my free summon and didn't get anything special that I recall. Um, I did dip into the Norian Dusk a little when it first came out. Um, was hoping for an Ophelia, but got... Well, not exactly, but sort of pity broken by a Silas. I mean, he's technically a focus hero, so it's not exactly a pity break, but he is most likely going to be the one demoted. Uh, we won't find out for another month or ha- half a month or so, a couple weeks, but because uh, that one's a little bit longer than a normal banner, but it is not quite as long as the new one that started yesterday. Um uh, then when the banner came out yesterday, I hopped in, got a five-star on my free summon. Nice. But it was a gray. Oh. So. A red gray. Apparently, yep. A red gray. Sword gray. Yep. <laughs> apparently he just wants to spend more time with me since I'm still power-leveling leveling characters and echoes for that final dungeon. And just to look at all their power lo- or their overclassed outfits. Um. But I did uh, dip back in some more in that banner um, and actually managed to get uh, Levitane this morning. Mm. So, You know the problem with Levitane? It sounds way too close to Ovaltine. Just just really close. I'll take your word on that. Ovaltine, Levitane, it's, it's almost too close. I, I'm, I'm kidding, of course. Or am I? Uh, that's unfortunate you got Pity Broke and got a, got a gray there. Now, did you already have... Uh, red well, gray. The, the gray wasn't a pity break. I already had him, but mm. you know he was the free summon, so it was early oh. on. So it's like the quote unquote pity break was Silas. I was hoping for Ophelia, and I was also uh, dropping into the red orbs for a chance at Flora, but ended up getting a Silas. So I got a focus character, just not the focus character I wanted. Yeah, I feel ya. Get it. Yes, I, I get it. Cool. Uh, why why would you go with that joke specifically? Did you get anything from your summons? I uh, I have not touched generals. I did the free summon, nothing. I, I've done the free summon across the board uh, and didn't really get anything. But I did decide to dip into the Norian Dust. We did talk about it last uh, episode where we went in depth. And, and we talked a bit about Ophelia. And it actually turns out that Ophelia seems to be the front runner in this one, even though Flora has been given like the featured art and everything. Uh, but I did manage to get an Ophelia. Uh, I was maybe 30 or 40 orbs deep. And then in discord, people were talking about like, yeah, you, you gotta be real careful pulling for Ophelia. Cause Silas is not technically a pity break, but he's going to get demoted. He's, he's going to get demoted. And then I got real nervous. Like, Oh man, if I get a Silas, I'm going to be kind of bummed. And then I ended up getting Ophelia and, and you had gotten a Silas and I, I felt really bad because Usually my luck in summoning is is not that great, uh, but I'm not really like we're gonna talk about the generals of Muspel, but I feel like I've been just hanging out with those guys for the last six nine months. I don't know if I wanna I don't wanna I wanna keep him around, especially that Hellbindy character. He's just kind of creepy looking. He's just not doing yeah, it for he is, me. He is a little creepy and weird looking. Um, yeah, 
I don't know. I, I mean, I, I can, my mind can be changed. We have the banner for 30 days, but yep. I, I, I do, I do want to ask you since it's, it's probably going to get buried with the rest of the stuff in the show, but the returning performing arts rerun, is that just there because they decided that they weren't going to do like a performing arts per se? I know the Hoshiden, uh, Hoshiden festival one was what we figured was the performing arts, but we didn't get that rerun alongside of it. So it's just this them yeah. like saying, oh, we forgot our September banner from last year. We better throw it out there for another month. No clue, really? Just seems so I misplaced mean, to me. Yeah, it's just the timing is out of nowhere and no explanation behind it. Uh, last year, I believe the Performing Arts banner ran uh, during October, up through the end of October, and it was the Halloween that was in November. So... Um, we have special heroes coming early October. Maybe it'll be another performing arts, but hmm. uh, like you mentioned, and like has been speculated by most people, the Hoshian festival banner being an all dancer banner, like the original performing arts banner was kind of fits that niche. So I'm expecting more of a Halloween banner during October this time, but really have no clue why they decided to put it out here maybe it's just because they felt they wanted some special heroes out during september and they don't have any yeah because the um previous special hero ones have finished and there's not another one until you know early october or so i i'm looking forward to getting some some halloween characters with enough time in October to enjoy them. Because I remember last year, the Halloween stuff was, was quite, we don't know that for a fact. We'll get into it in a bit, but um, I, I'm looking forward to, to seeing that. And the fact that this, this one's just been thrown out there kind of seems like, let's just get it out there, you know, for, for, for to have something else in the hopper. But uh, we did talk a bit about the generals of Moosebull, but alongside these last two banners, specifically Nori and Dusk, we didn't get anything with the generals of, of Moosebull, but I want to know how did the uh, how did the generals of Moosebull banner go over for you? Like, are those heroes some that some heroes you want to you want to go for as a as a unit, or is it just the collector in you that wants these guys? Uh, there's the collector in me that wants them. Um, their weapons and stuff are kind of interesting. Um, if I were to say there's one I definitely want to have uh, more than the others, it would be the one I managed to get. Mm-hmm. Um, Ovaltine. I mean, Halbindi uh, is weird in his axe that gives uh, essentially has um, odd wave, uh, but it boosts all stats at a plus four instead of the plus six that your usual wave does is nice. Um, but like his big selling point for most people is his uh, new skill line that him in. Uh, leg yarn both have which is the dual skill line Mm -hmm. Um, essentially it uh, makes the character count as a higher base stat total for arena than it nor uh, than they actually have Uh, essentially it's like if their base stat total is less than this uh, i think it's like 170 at level 3 160 and 65 on the way there i don't remember exactly i'd have to Pull that up to double check the exact wording. Um, yeah, if it's less than 170 at level 3, it treats their 5 star level 40 
Um, it treats them as if they have 170 BST. So, um, if you're trying to get tougher opponents and uh, leap higher in arena, which is not something I worry about that much, mm-hmm. they're kind of powerful and helpful for that. But to me, they're kind of, you know, wasted skill slots. It's interesting to to get a hero or these two heroes specifically targeted at the heavy arena user. And I wonder if people who are big fans of arena, like I'm not a, not even just fans of arena, but heavy users of arena, if they see this as kind of like a, well, I guess I got to get my wallet out to remain competitive, you know, or does that happen all the time when new heroes get introduced and they're the new meta, the new high meta, do you think? That might happen somewhat often, but there also is something to be said with having your three strong units who might have a higher base stat total than 170 to begin with, and that one bonus unit, you know, that you cycle in and out, uh, there might be something said for that, but it's, you know, something that if you have a character you've put a lot of investment into, but their base stat total is a little low, uh, slap this skill on them, and you know even if they're, you know if they're a monster because of the way you've managed to build them. Otherwise, uh, this allows you to get more credit for them and advance quicker in the arena. Hmm. You know, it it is interesting, and I'd love I'd love to. I know we have some arena uh, focusers in in the uh, Discord probably some listeners as well it'd be really interesting to get their take on these two heroes as to whether they see these as a as a necessary to build out their team when they they don't have a lot of bonus heroes that that are going to be in there yep it's true and uh this uh so yeah with this banner we got one for green infantry and red flying uh because leg yarn has the red flying one uh, Levitane there has her special sword. Um, I think it's similar to another weapon we've seen before that uh, adds total bonuses on the unit to their damage dealt. So any bonus anywhere will boost her damage. Um, she comes with a fury, attack, defense, link. So if she has someone using an assist skill on her, movement assist skill on her, she'll get some stats as well. And... Odd speed wave, so on odd turns she gets a speed boost. All that will add to her attack, so... Um, and she automatically gets attack plus three from the sword. Hmm. So that thing, uh, you know, can probably, if you build it up enough with the fury, which is, what, 12? Or no, it's 24 points of damage? I think fury three would be... No, it'd be plus three to everything. I I forget exactly, but... You know, Fury 3 adds, you know, stats to every stat, all four of the main stats. Uh, her speed, On an odd turn, she gets another 6 there. And then if someone does an assist skill on her, a movement assist skill, she gets another 12 points of attack right there. So she could build up those bonuses pretty quickly with that set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. She seems... So, so are these guys effectively strong units, or or is, or or do you feel like this is just another addition to the to the game? That's you pull them if you want them, or you know, Levitain does look cool. Uh, I will give I will give them that. Like the Moose Bill, like 
the Musul characters do look neat. Halbindi, you know, whatever, I can take it or leave it. But um, the fact that you're going to be pulling a red on these uh, these banners and you're either going to get Levitane or Legurn or whatever. Uh, Assuming you don't get Pity Broken like I got with the gray early on. True, true. I'm just, I'm wondering if like red is your preferred pull here unless you are a strong arena character and you want to get that Hellbindy uh, character. Um, I mean, obviously you generally want to pull on the focus colors mm-hmm. unless you just have money to burn and want a chance at potential pity breaks of colorless or blue. Uh, so obviously you do want to pull on the colors that you are interested in. Um, once again, I really don't look at the stats. I'm, you know, the kind of gotta catch them all, and I'll see what uh, Levitane feels like while I'm leveling her, and maybe I'll slot her into one of the groups. Mm-hmm. But I mean, as it's always said, with the skill, or it's often said by many of the people that with skill inheritance, you can make any unit really good. You just gotta get the right skills on them. Yeah, which could be costly. And enough merges, you know. So, and these aren't special heroes. They're they are added to the general pool after this this summon, right? They are considered. They are listed in the calendar as new heroes, which mm-hmm. means they should be added to the general pool. Cool. So um, that's really interesting. And and I mean, so, well, we're gonna talk about the story in a little bit. But can we talk a bit about the concept of? these evil these new like something that book two introduced was this new set of heroes and they gave us to uh, us multiples like fjorm and gunthra through uh, a free offer and then the legendary banners and then now they're giving us these bad guys or or the the gray area guys um as as proven in, in the final chapter there but how do you feel about them bookending a chapter with here's a banner from the new heroes that you've been seeing for the last nine months. Like, is this something we can come to expect? Like, are we going to, are we, no, we didn't get Veronica or Zachariah or whatever from, from book one, but it's interesting that they're doing this with book two. Yeah. Um, it's kind of new territory. I mean, like when we first got the calendar, I kind of half jokingly suggested in discord what if one of the banners is these three exact characters i actually even guessed these three characters Mm -hmm. you got spot on yeah i was spot on and one of the quick responses is oh that's not is's style or that's not what is has done in the past so it goes to show we don't know for sure what to expect from them um i mean having villains as heroes in heroes is not not a new thing no. That's generally what we get for Grand Hero Battles. And I guess this was just the way that they didn't want to do five Grand Hero or three or three extra Grand Hero Battles, so they decided to add them to the pool under normal circumstances, you know? Or I, they felt I, the Grand Hero Battles don't fit because of the way the story went. Yeah, I love that they did it. I, I'm glad you were spot on. When you originally suggested I'm like, hmm, like... It would be interesting if they did that, but it just seems it seems out of character. But they kind yeah, of reserve I mean, the grand hero battles for villains of previous games, not the villains of their own games. Yeah, and not always villains of the previous games. Xander 
was sort of a villain if you played um, Birthright. But, you know, he was a lot more gray. And Yamke, from what I can tell, is just a normal character that you pick up in genealogy. He's not an actual villain. He, True. You know? So uh, they're not even... Through, they're not even sticking so there's no preset rules but a good you know they started out mostly villains and like harden got brought in as did grima robin uh you know male grima robin got brought in as a banner Mm -hmm. as well as fallen celica and then a grand hero battle against fallen takumi or whatever you want to call it but yeah so the fallen banner was one yeah i mean those were all characters that were good at one point and had evil versions, so that was a reasoning for them to do that there, but so Yeah. It's it's interesting to see them tread new ground and, and hopefully create a precedent where we can mm-hmm. see in when when or you know, when book three launches and we see some new characters, are, could we look forward to possibly in the next year being able to summon on them? I think that's that's an exciting new feeling that we can all experience in the next couple months but uh yeah. a, as for anything else going on in the game i wanted to mention a, a quick thing that i noticed that i really liked about the new forging bonds that launched in that they were tweaking the way you earned orbs where sometimes it was like oh you play your first day each day your first clear gives you an orb and then they changed it to each clear in the first seven days gives you two orbs and now it's just a, a checkbox thing so if you miss it one day it's Two orbs for seven days played uh, during the duration of the whole event. So if you do miss a day, you're not missing out on those orbs, which is just a nice touch. Yeah, yeah, I like that touch. I like that they're actually looking at it and trying to find ways to make it a bit better for the players. So, you know, they did the once a day and they're like, well, there are people who finish it in the first day. Heck, Really? I... Oh, yeah, I was looking at it right after the... Um choose your legends hero battle uh choose your legends forging bonds started someone had managed to max out everyone within like an hour and 12 minutes that's crazy that that is some yeah crazy hardcore pushing it in but that's you know some a number of people right there. there are some people who will grind it out really quickly mm-hmm. and then they have to just keep coming back and doing something that really doesn't matter to them anymore because they have all the other rewards just for orbs every day and then they said oh well we won't make you come back every day for the whole two weeks but you have to come back the first seven days and then they realize you know that it's even better if we just if someone managed to miss one because work school unable to get access to the internet for a day for whatever reason so just as long as you do it seven times seven days over the course you'll get it kind of like the um login bonuses yeah i like you know, they go it's on a... longer than you can get orbs for but mm-hmm. if you miss a day you still get all the orbs it's a quality of life thing and i think it's important because i know they want us to play the game every day and and you know i do but uh sometimes it is sometimes there are days where you just forget or it's been a long day and it's like oh crap i didn't log in you know and there's only so much you can do in one for day me, Yep, for me, I usually remember to log in every day, but there are some days where I'm either focusing on one thing or all I have time to do is log in and I don't manage to hop in to Forging Bonds or 
check that stuff, you know? It's like, I think it happened. I did miss two orbs on the uh, legendary hero or the brave hero forging bonds event because there was just one day where either I was focusing on the Tempest Trials that was going on around the time or something else that was going on around the time and forgot to hop into Forging Bonds. Yeah. So. Exciting times. Uh, speaking of logging in every day for the foreseeable future, Eddie, why don't you break down the continuing events? Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, like always, we have a new Blessed Gardens and Tactic Drill that came out this week. Uh, the Illusory Dungeons... Uh, still going on till the 12th. I believe the subtitle was Farewells. Uh, that was actually another thing that had a, a subtle change that is w whatever, one way or the other, in that the um, daily quests stopped going as long as they usually did. They usually went another week or two after everything was released. But they stopped it right away this time around. I thought they disappeared uh, faster than I, I... I was missing those, yeah. Uh, the Rival Domains is back uh, with the relay first Relay Defense over. Rival Domains is back today. Going, uh, Pretty sure it's still going for a week. I didn't double-check that. The Forging Bonds is running through the second. The King Garon Grand Kiro battle uh, is going through the 27th. And the Book 2 quest started today, running through the 6th. Good stuff. Uh, starting before our next episode, which is around September 29th, we've got the Swift Sparrow Banner starting on the 25th. Uh, Grand Conquest, all of your favorite modes, it's, it's your favorite, uh, starts on the 26th. Grand Hero Battle Revival, Sayus, on the 27th. Legendary Hero Banner and Battle starting on the 28th of September. And the Voting Gauntlet Login Bonus starting on the 29th. So look forward to a Voting Gauntlet. So that's fun. Yep. Uh, in our topic, we've got two chunks of good stuff to talk about because it has been two weeks since we last recorded. The book two finale, come and gone. Book two, over. They closed the chapter. They took the big book. They, they lopped it over, and with a big, huge creaking sound, it closed. And we're here to talk about what happened at the end of this uh, of the final chapter, chapter 13. Eddie, you, you wrote a, a, a nice summary here, but I, I do want to kind of, I, I don't want to jump to the end here, but I do want to talk about the fact that you uh, you were talking to a few people in Discord that people felt this was a little abrupt, and, and you have some thoughts on that. Well, yeah, um, when, it, when I first played through it, I was like, well, you know, I don't see how it could have gone any other way, mm -hmm. you know, especially the way things kind of moved. I mean, once we got to the castle... And we're there saving the things, having a full chapter, you know, a chapter 14 of just fighting Surtur again and again and again or something. It just would seem extended. But after thinking about it some more, I mean, it could have easily had a fight through the lower depths or, um, you know, the actual hidden passage. There were actually some guards in there and fight through that and ending with the leg yarn that started at the that happened at the in the first chapter of this um and then another week where we actually rescue and then defeat Surtur, rescue the uh captives mm -hmm. you know um but i, I will kind of say though i i do agree a little bit just in the pacing and that there were a couple chapters previous 
where you could have mixed things around a little bit and had what you what you just described. But at the end of yeah. the day, I think where it feels most uncomfortable and awkward is that the generals of Mooseville Banner that launched had no attaching chapter to it. Just yeah, felt I was very hoping odd. maybe a xenologue or something, you, you know, didn't have to be a full-on chapter. I was hoping for at least a xenologue, but there was absolutely nothing with the generals of Mooseville Banner. And... Yeah, like there were a couple chapters in there where, oh, you open with this, you fight five battles, and then you end with a small bit where you could have shifted things around, where this one had discussion at the start and end of every chapter, pretty much. And then, you know, it's like, yeah, you could have spread some of that into the previous chapters. Like, you know, we could have found out Loki two chapters ago. Chapter before would have been, could have been us you know, coming right up here, coming to the castle, getting to the hidden entrance. And then, and I guess part of that is hard to explain because, you know, it's supposed to be a hidden entrance that they don't suspect we know about. So I can see why they didn't have us fighting our way through that. But still, Mm -hmm. there are ways you could have shifted around who you fought where and spread it out a little more or balanced it a little better i think it feels so abrupt because some of the previous chapters were just so nothing going on right you know so do you feel like maybe the lack of a extra chapter for the generals of mooseville banner means that obviously they're not ready to show anything for book three and they're gonna they're gonna give book two's finale enough time to soak in and then maybe late October, early November, we get book three. I mean, we're going to talk about the calendar in a little bit, but just poking ahead a, a little bit. Do we see anything on the horizon that would dictate some sort of book three? Or or is that coming in November because it's not covered by the calendar? Yeah, I'm fully expecting another um, Faye channel to announce book three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't see that happening before the 10th of October. Um, when exactly, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it does appear that they've decided each book is 13 chapters long. True. So. It just felt like um, book one ended with a little more, with a little more introduction. And like, book, we didn't see book one ending because there was no like kind of finality to it. Yeah, that's the weird thing. I mean, they're keeping, I mean, as this chapter showed, Bruno's not gone. Mm-hmm. or Zacharias Zacharias or... whatever you want to call him he's not gone he's still around um Xander is you know, still alive yep Xander survived it's uh you know while we helped out Veronica it definitely doesn't feel like we're gonna be friends or anything now uh it's just it's hard to under see you know yeah book one just kind of fizzled it was like Oh, you're actually Zacharias, and that was kind of the big reveal. Oh, we'll help you get out from under the evil dragon curse in your blood, or whatever exactly it is. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Surtur appears. Oh, out of oh, nowhere, yeah. you know? Yeah, but that was like, in the introduction to book two, right? Well, no, like the end of book one is like you found out who Zacharias was, or Bruno was Zacharias, and. Part of the reason of what was going on is because, uh, similar to 
virtually every uh, Fire Emblem game, there is an evil dragon mm-hmm. and a good dragon that started uh, Asker, I think, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And an evil dragon that started uh, Embla, or that was part of the passive Embla type thing, and or at least a war and a peace dragon. They're not always necessarily evil, but like the warring nature of the uh, dragon in the Embla blood is leading to why Veronica is behaving the way she does, and her father became a ty- their father became a tyrant, and Bruno's trying to fight against it. It's been a while, so I don't remember the exact details and whether there were any chapters after that. But you know, that's why Bruno left because he was fighting against the dragon blood in his veins and they're like we'll help you find a cure for this curse right. or whatever well and yeah so that that being book one let's let's talk about the book two finale here because it, it's quite a quite a chapter here and uh oh, yeah the beginning a... starts with uh legern taking the taking the right of flame although she 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 stands in the way because it doesn't suit her want to take the the younger one, or my yes. Yeah, Surter wants to send uh, Levitain out, and Legarn takes her offers to take her place because Le- as you know, we know Legarn cares very much for her sister, mm-hmm. even if her sister doesn't seem to worry that you know care that much about herself. It feels like with her attitude. No, she's not type thing. You know. So they. That's the first. Uh, the first chapter in this book is that she you see the story of her giving up herself yeah, for the that, right of flame that was still weird i don't fully understand what what was going on here because my understanding is the right of flame is why when we killed surter he came back to life but lagarn seems to sacrifice herself to the right of flame sort of get a boost of power that after we defeat her you know, we still managed to feed her, and yet she says, "Well, you know, you don't try to save me. I'm doomed anyway because I took this, took this willingly, took this right or whatever." But maybe Suter seems to be sacrificing people for for his right as yeah, opposed to doing it himself. That's the weird thing. I mean, it's like this seems to give a boost of power, so that seems like what the right of flame should be about. Yet it gives Suter resurrection skills and right. then shouldn't we have had to kill Surter twice since she successfully sacrificed herself ah. <laughs> yeah all kind of messy and confusing there but yeah so. no, that's a good point but she she dies pretty dark too like at the end she's like yep. i can't see you because my eyes have been burned out i'm like woof yeah woof. that's a bit dark oh yeah the right flame is quite soulless about it and it's hot stuff um yep in in her dying throw she asks us to prevent her sister from doing this uh you know this is not what she wants for levitane save her um you know uh we continue on we find Helbin uh in a little side thing we have Helbindi show up releasing veronica and get a bit or whatever the little it's sister four letters <laughs> yeah, I know, Yilger or whatever. Still before, not we it's weird, but it's not Yep. Before Surter appears, um 
taunts him about having killed Helbindi's sister, who was mm-hmm. living in uh, Surtur's or the Fire's tribe's slums or something, or being held over Helbindi. And Surtur atta- and he attacks Surtur. You know, it's like, yeah, I've got something to say, and charges at him. Obviously getting killed since we never see him again. Which, since we see Surtur again, it's kind of obvious that Surtur killed him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was done with, oh. with Hellbindi. Like, he he didn't need him anymore. Oh, yeah. I mean, in like, Hellbindi's whole thing was if Surtur found out he was still alive, Surtur was going to kill him anyway for failing. So, mm-hmm. it's like, you know what? You killed the only reason I wasn't going to didn't attack you that it was working for you so yeah i'm gonna go ahead and try and kill you yeah um so he maybe that's why and maybe that's why we don't have to kill surter multiple times maybe he kills surter the right of flame triggers from levitain sac or legion sacrifice and he kills hellbindi afterwards who knows maybe either way yeah but so you've got so you've got uh leg leg urn or Levitane down. Legyarn's no, alive? Legyarn's dead. Okay. Levitain's Which one's the alive. young sister? Levitane's the young one. Okay. Levitane's all good. Veronica's all good. Yogur is all good. Uh, Hellbindi yep. dead. Legyarn's yep. dead. And then you get to the point where uh, Bruno shows up again. And he confirms yep. that Xander is still alive. And... Still alive. And he's there to rescue them. Uh, we kind of show up again as show up at that time as well. Uh, agree to help Veronica. Can't remember if it's this chapter that Levitain shows up or the next one. Uh, but Levitain does eventually show up. Um, she's gonna and... fight us, but we we say something about Legion, right? Uh, yeah, like she fights us at the end after she's defeated. She starts to take the do the ritual of flame to get more power to attack us and. Uh, Sharina cut, uh, you know, tells her this was not Leg Yarn's wish, and she, I guess, stops it. I, that's another confusing thing because, like, she says all the words that Leg Yarn did. Mm-hmm. The screen flashes red once, but then Sharina talks to her, and so I guess she didn't fully complete it. It had to flash multiple times. Yeah, you, you went down to the frame. Like you're like so trying to figure this out. It's like okay, how many flashes? It's... I think like maybe she just she heard it at just the right moment where she just didn't go through with it. Yeah, mentally. I, I guess I... it's a fully will. You know, you have to keep your will on it the whole time until it's done. And I guess that's just she. You know, stopped wanting to do it. So once again, it was kind of weird because you know you you said all the ritual, but. They played hard and fast with the with the with the weirdness in this one across yeah. the board with with the with the right of flame and uh, I mean you do you do defeat Suter like at the end he dies he goes yep. out with a big long speech where he's like oh, I can't believe you did this blah 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 you know I mean, and, and he's dead and before he like is like yes nice of you to finally show some backbone this is what I expect or this is what a true ruler is. You know, doing what you want. And it's like, no, you... And Fjorm's all tough. Like, no, you won't. You're going to die. And he's, like, praising Fjorm before we kill him. Which is an interesting one. Yeah, because he's convinced that, you know, her being the Frost... You know, she's finally got some fire or something. Yeah, it's just, like... 
it's he's he's a weird type of evil. He, he's it's like it's the whole whole old thing of no villain is the villain in their own story. He thinks he's got the right of it. He thinks, you know, you're a ki- he's a king because he's strong and can do what he wants to whoever he wants, however he wants, whenever he wants. He thinks he has the right for that. He feels he has the right for that. So killing these peasants and opponents is his right. He's not evil for doing it, but, you know, he wants strength above all else. And he praises his opponents who show strength even as he kills them. But it's... Yeah, Surtur's kind of a twisted old man. But he's no longer with us. We don't have to worry about him any longer. Yep. And we get an epilogue here that kind of explains the random coughing from Fiorm for the last yep. so many chapters. Uh, we have an epilogue with Fiorm, Yulger, and Rid, uh, where they're sitting, chatting. Um, Yulger's all bummed that uh, Fiorm's not planning to come home to Niffle with them. and uh, But Fiorm says she feels she needs to... Uh, with everything the Order of Heroes has done for her, she feels she needs to stay with them. Uh, but we find out there's a secondary reasoning for Fjorm opting not to return home uh, that Hred uh, reveals after Yulger's gone. And the ri- Ritual of Frost, very much like the Ritual of Flame, requires a sacrifice. And Fjorm has sacrificed herself, so she is dying. Uh, but plans to stay with us until she dies. But she is; her days are numbered. Yeah. Possibly shorter rather than longer, according to the ritual. Yeah. Now, do you feel like they resolve this pretty quick, or do you think maybe in book three, the first couple chapters, are us trying to save her? I mean, I don't that even think she's of... going to say anything, right? Like, she's probably just going to die someday in the book, I would think. Yeah, that was kind of my thought and question, too. It's like, you know, are we going to get as... Maybe we we get a Xenolog this week with the Musville banner of a possible way to save her. Um, I don't see them making a full book three being fully about saving Fjorm. But maybe, like you said, we'll get the first couple chapters. Uh, we... You know, we found out we are searching for a way to save her and we encounter whatever new threat there is while doing that. Mm -hmm. And we may or may not save her. Um, It kind of feels like, um, aside from the Askrens, they want to kill off all the... Aside from the Askrens, Loki, and the Emblems, they want to get rid of all the extra characters at the end of the books. (laughs) The way they killed off everyone. Yeah, they kind of wipe it, wipe it clean there. Le- Levitain went off to rule Muspel, and uh, you know, Rid and Yulger went off, went back to rule Niffle. So it's kind of like wipe the slate clean. It's nice that they let let Fiorm stick around, and and because I think that yeah. Fiorm kind of feels like an addition to the Order of Heroes uh in in a certain capacity she, she so. kind of does but did they let her stick around well i mean unless for now unless we yeah unless we find out about the fact that ritual of frost requires a life and find some way to save her 
she might stick around for a chapter or two, but even then it's a little awkward to have her, you know, just die of uh, ritual causes <laughs> nice. for out of nowhere. Uh, you know? That might be a show title. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it, it'll be interesting to see how they do it. I think they're going to give us a break uh, from the, the story chapters for the, for the, least, the next little bit. I think you're right. Faye Channel sometime in October to explain what's coming next. They have yeah, the, th- this is the conclusion, so therefore the introduction of book three has to be coming up very soon. Yeah, the lack of chapters during the Museville banner leads me to believe that, uh, yeah, we got a special hero, so we'll get a paralogue. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that paralogue will be what somehow clues us into the fact that um, Fjorm is dying. Uh, maybe we'll have another set of special heroes, although I'm not holding my breath for two Halloween banners. Although if this turns out to be a, another performing arts banner, then maybe we will have another set with a Halloween thing. and uh, Or perhaps with the next set of heroes, we'll get a Xenolog. Hmm. But it's, yeah, it's don't know what's going to happen. Well, we'll have to wait and see, but Let's talk about the second part of our topic here, the new calendar that was released just after our recording, our last full episode, so almost two weeks ago. Yep. Uh, no, about, two weeks ago. Yeah, about an hour or two after we finished the last episode, I think it was, yeah. last full episode. So a lot of this stuff is already happening right now. Some of it might already be gone, so I'm just going to like tear through that stuff, and then we'll get into like the future stuff here, but... The Tempest Trials, the new heroes for, uh, well, And I think geez. we knew about the Tempest Trials before that. Yeah, so, uh, you had, so why don't we just focus on what what really is coming, because we already know what, what has happened. But, but the interesting, yeah, like, the surprising thing was that we were getting, like, new hero banners back-to-back. Uh, yeah, like, every week, starting with the Doorway to Destiny that's already over, mm-hmm. uh, then it turned out to be the Muse Spell Banner and the Norian Dusk Banners. Opposite order, but... Yeah, it just felt like that was that was something that was really surprising about this calendar. And and obviously that, that has all come to pass. And it is it is very odd to see like th- three new banners launch in the span of uh, three weeks. And yeah. it's exciting because this seems like a lot of work has gone into the conclusion of Book 2. And Intelligent Systems really knocked it out of the park here, but... That was the most surprising part about this calendar, I think. Oh yeah, and we got the um, we had the book two quest on the calendar that started today, uh, so we suspected that one or both of the banners would be bringing into the conclusion of uh, book two there. Yeah. Uh, I didn't expect the fact that the first one was a conclusion and the second one would have nothing, but yeah. You know, yeah, as. Uh... As mentioned, there's a Grand Conquest uh, coming on the 26th, Voting Gauntlet on the 2nd. You've got your Summoner's Focus, new you know Heroes with Swift uh, Sparrow, Summoning Focus Heroes with Ploy Skills. Um, the I think the thing to, to point out here, the, the, the interesting bit is the October 10th, the uh, November 8th sort of section, you've got a special orb promo for October, but also special heroes banner and and i'm i mean we're kind of thinking that's halloween right but that's what i'm guessing uh we can speculate more as we get closer but i mean uh 
like we've mentioned multiple times, the Hoshinian Festival banner, which wasn't something that happened last year. Uh, during August, we had gotten the second summer banner, but they did both of those early. Uh, so the Hoshinian Festival kind of fit with all dancers, the slot of the Performing Arts banner. <laughs> uh, so I'm fully expecting that to be a Halloween banner. I hope so. Um, like I said, I love I love getting the Halloween stuff. Like as soon as October one hits, that's kind of your excuse to do to do the orange and black jack o' lantern and that sort of thing. So the sooner we get those October uh, Halloween yeah. heroes, the sooner I can start and celebrating. Like last year, uh, I think we had gotten the calendar that showed the two sets of special heroes, but I was fully expecting them to both be Halloween banners. But it turned out that one of them was the performing arts banners. Yeah, banner. it felt but, fell a little flat. I mean, the, you know, the Axe Zero if, was really good, but yeah. If anything, I expected them to be in opposite order. I expected the Halloween heroes during Halloween. You know, that was a weird one. Um, legendary like hero October. stuff on the twenty eighth. That's that's a good confirmation. We should get something on yep. that pretty soon. We're gonna talk about that in a little bit. Uh, anything else that jumps out at you at this calendar? Because I really think, like, if we had talked about this, even when it launched, that was the most the most interesting thing from this calendar was the new heroes so close together in succession. But does anything um, else jump out at you? Well, there is a, no, a new Bound Hero battle coming with Ishtar and Reinhardt, and another set of three heroes quests. Mm-hmm. Uh, might start getting into some of the demoted heroes as we keep going through these three heroes quest sets. So yeah, so maybe the free heroes they give us won't be Riss. Well, I believe we already got Riss, so we won't have to worry about that again because they have yet to uh, recycle a three heroes banner character. Well, here's hoping they're they are some excellent heroes. I'm I've got to dive into those book two quests because uh, it's I think I don't know what it is. Is it is it a? I mean, if you know off the top of your head, is it essentially just replaying some of the story missions, or is it just doing quests with Fiorm? It's replaying chapter five of all 12 chap or part five of every chapter of the book or Uh-oh. part of the book. So you're getting a majority um, of the stories. Some of them will require Fjorm. Some require stuff like an all cavalry team, all flyer team or stuff like that. Um, the first four chapters can be done at any difficulty or at least on normal. Uh, the second or maybe it's five, I don't know. The second set will be at hard, and then the final few chapters will require you to be at um, lunatic difficulty. Hmm. But Interesting. Well, that's really cool. Kind, I'm, I'm, that's a really good similar setup. To the, yeah, kind of similar to the monthly ones, except it's only chapter five of each one, or part five of each chapter. And then... Some of them require various things, and Fjorm is one of the big ones that pops up regularly because she's kind of important for the whole. She's the glue that holds the team together. Uh, let's uh, let's look at Summoner's Focus here. This is normally when we would do... Well, normally last week we would have done it, but uh, it turns out we forgot to post the... I didn't even know we had a straw poll, but we did, and we forgot to post it into the Discord, so we're actually going to delay it by one week and do this uh what was it binding blade binding blade summoners focus? yes it's binding blade the game with roy um are you sure you don't want to pick from um you know 
go ahead and pick our winner this week. I mean, Roy's got zero votes, Gwendolyn's got zero votes, Bartra's got zero votes, and Sophia's got zero votes. I mean, it's a four-way tie, really. Yeah, I guess we should give it another week. We will give it another week. We are running long as well, and we kind of figured that would be the case. But uh, please vote in the in the uh, straw poll. I'll put it in the show notes. You can check it out in Discord. Uh, but let's get into the meat of what we actually uh, we we worked so hard over the last two weeks to get to a new game club, Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon, starting right now. You've had your two weeks to play up until chapter five. And we are going to discuss Shadow Dragon. First off, I do want to. I want to know. I'm playing on the three. If I'm playing on the 3DS because I have a DS original copy of the game. Now you're playing on your Wii U. Is that correct? Nope. This one I have on the three. I have the DS copy as well. Oh, okay. Uh, took took me like a day or two to find it where I had stashed it. Uh, but I did manage to find my copy, so I'm That's playing on the 3DS as well, which is nice because I can play it at work. Um, yeah. Hopefully your boss Whenever we get around. Well, as long as I'm doing my job when I'm supposed to. Uh, that's <laughs> the nice kidding. thing about being out in a bus all day is that, and especially being back up at my work, is that when they don't need me, I can sit there and play my games. Yeah. So. It's funny, though. If you're reading a book, no one bad an eyelash. Playing a video game, ah, he's slacking. It's like, well, isn't it the same thing, really? No. No, that's good. I think, um, yeah, it depends on the job, but yeah. Um, but, uh, so yeah, I'm playing on my, uh, 3DS as well with the DS copy. Cool. So, so why don't you, uh, we got quite a bit of story because this, this first chunk of the game gives us the, the prelude, there's the prologue and then the five chapters we played through. So I'll let you start things off. I'll pick up where you need me to, and then we'll, uh, we'll get to the discussion part. Okay, um, a hundred years before the game starts, a great hero from Altia stopped an uh, evil dragon from conquering the world. Um, I think it was a hundred years. It's, I've, I've already forgotten what exactly they said. But um, now someone is trying to resurrect the evil dragon and trying to conquer the uh, continent or world of Ar- Arcania again. Uh, when we start, they have already conquered most of the continent, but there are a few countries who are resisting, um, including Altia. The, and the king of Altia, the ancestor of the hero, is off uh, is taking uh, allies with him to go and fight uh, the enemy. Uh, and sorry, uh, we open when his son. Marth is at home with the ally nation with uh, the allies army helping protect the castle. Uh, little does Marth know that the ally um, was it Gra I think or Grust. I forget exactly what the ally was. Yeah, off the top of my head, um, has made a deal with Dor Dor. It's D O H L R. It's really hard to say. Country that's r- ruling or trying to conquer the world. Um has made a deal with them and has decided to turn on them. Yeah. It, it's a, it's an interesting preload. It, it sets, it sets up the game really well, but then as you get into the prologue, it shows Mars escape from the Altia leading to uh, where he starts at the game proper. He encounters multiple cavaliers that help him. But in the last chapter of the prologue, you must sacrifice one of them for Mars to escape. We'll get to that in a little bit. 
We then jump two years where Marth was taken in by the island nation of Talus, and we find that Talus has come under attack by pirates. Seems to be a tradition early on in the Fire Emblem games. Helping fend off the pirates, Marth begins his journey to free Altea and Arcanea from Toholer. Uh, he has various skirmishes, eventually leading him to Aurelis, one of the last few countries fighting against and slowly losing to Dolor. The forces of Mastodon, or no, sorry, Ma- Mastodon, are slowly pushing back the forces. You gave me the paragraph with all the weird country names. That's not fair. Hey, uh, I mentioned, I tried to mention Dolor or whatever you want to call it in the first one. Uh, I'm just going to call this one Mastodon. The forces of Mastodon are slowly pushing back the forces of Aurelius until Marth comes in to help. Uh, yeah, I, I call it Mastodon as well, so. Yeah, there's no T um, in there, but that's what you get, so. Uh, we end up with Marth meeting Hardin, who is protecting Nina, who's from another country, uh, or possibly the princess of all of Arcania, or mm. Arcania. She's a princess. Um, and, we know that much. Yep, something like that. And we help uh, the ma- uh, them push the Macedon fighters back. Uh, the end of chapter five ends with us seizing the entrance to Aurelis, Aurelis Castle, uh, where they warn us that there are still Macedon. Uh, enemies inside uh, so it looks like chapter 6 we're going to go into the castle have another castle level and clear them out so should be interesting yeah I thought it was a very for a game that wasn't received very well and uh, or, or at least it was reviewed well but wasn't received well by by, by gamers um, in, in, in the sense of sales honestly I don't remember this game came out 10 years oh, almost 10 years ago folks um, well, it, it, the original version, because this is a remake of oh, the right. very first Fire Emblem, is almost like 20 or 30 years old. I don't know exactly how old Fire Emblem is. It's been a while. Didn't double check the exact date, release date of it. but Right, because you're right. This right. is a remake of the first one. Uh, actually showing that Intelligent Systems really hasn't hasn't shied away from remaking Fire Emblem games even as early as the as the DS. Um so yeah, like one of the big things I heard about this game was, um, I think even by the time of Fire Emblem and Sacred Stones, the character interaction was better. So a lot of people weren't thrilled with the way characters interacted in this game. Uh, the limited amount of support with other characters and stuff, and I think some just felt the story was a bit old. I mean, we're early on in the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe part of it is that so much of the story is getting told to us in between chapters. It does feel like there's a lot of story coming in between chapters. Yeah, you know? I can feel it. There, there is a lot of story so. trickling in in between the chapters, and and maybe that slows down. But I, I actually think the the story is quite is quite interesting. I mean, if you ignore the the whole dragon thing and just look at the the warring countries, I think that's that's really interesting yep. the way they've they've set it up. And the fact that you're this small band of heroes, the true heir to Altia or whatever, and you're you're trying to survive long enough to take back your country, I think that's really interesting. Um, okay. So I'm digging the story, the the flight of survival. Uh, that's really good. I, I dig it so far. It's kind of where I'm. At. I do as well. I'm enjoying it as well. I'm I'm saying this. That's stuff I kind of half heard, and albeit I haven't double checked exactly what the response had been, but. Yeah. That was kind of the opinions I was 
hearing that was said about this game and why it wasn't so well received. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, I'm playing the copy that I originally played when it came out, and judging by the save that was there previous, I had made it to chapter 14. So, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't remember anything about what I played because I played it 10 years ago. But I didn't finish it, so maybe I fell in line with those players that this just didn't quite feel... Because I think I played Fire Emblem on the Game Boy Advance, then I played Path of Radiance on the GameCube. I might have my times mix up, but I think the GameCube game came out before this one. Am I wrong? I, feel... I don't remember exactly. It might yeah. have. I think so. So maybe that's why this one felt like a step backwards, because I never played Sacred Stones. Like, I, I kind of... There wasn't that bridge, but the story's the story's good. I think the graphics look look okay. Uh, I think everything is kind of. I I don't really have any issues with story. You know, the story is feeling like it's heading in 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 the right path. But what I what I did look at that felt a little off to me is I don't remember getting so many characters thrown at me this early in a Fire Emblem game, yeah. and and to the point where you're having to talk to these characters with different characters like where you have to like you ha you have to really survey the map it's like okay this guy's got a different portrait i wonder if i'll be able to talk to him like is he a mini boss is he a person i can recruit who do i have to send up to talk to him um there are hints throughout as you visit like the villages and the, and the townhouses but just a lot of characters being thrown your way um Riss, right off the bat first chapter I didn't kill him. Did you yes. kill Riss? I was, I was tempted. No, he's still alive. He's still going about healing people. Until you get Lena so. and it's like, bye Riss. <laughs> I actually keep both of them out there because, you know, more healing the better. So. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just giving Riss a hard time. Like, he, he, but he did. There are a couple old old fogies that you pick up in the in the uh, early part of this game. It feels like yep, they'd be um, like a good, a good. Uh, what are the what are the two old guys that complain in the Muppets? Ah, uh, um, Waldorf and Statler, I believe. Yeah, that's how I'm building my Riss and uh, Wendell uh, comedy duo. Okay, yeah, seems like they both fit the characters. Look, look, look similar to them. Um, speaking of characters, uh, we as you mentioned, there are quite a few of them. Um, in the prologue alone, you get Marth, Frey, Abel, Cain, and Jaegen, or Jagen. Um, but you do have to pick one of them to sacrifice themselves to save Marth uh, in the uh, part four of the prologue. Um, also during part four of the prologue, you get your first recruitable character, which is Gordon. <laughs> um, so, uh, in the prologue, who did you uh, choose to send home? I sent home or send away uh, Frey because he looked he looked to be the most boring of the three. Okay. Four. Um, yeah, I, I went ahead and sent home Jagan since he's a pre-promoted unit, and pre-promoted units are uh, powerful at the start, but especially in an old game like this, where uh, unlike Awakening, you don't get to reclass them and start them at one again. Hmm. Uh, they have fewer level ups than everyone else, and therefore they often become extremely weak as you get further into the game because they don't get as many levels as all the other characters can. That's an interesting um, way to look at it. I like to keep—I yeah. don't know—maybe I'm, 
maybe I'm going to shoot myself in the foot later on in this game club, but I, I kept yegging around because he's just a stronger unit. Like I don't use him as often. I try to keep him for when I need him, but, um, yeah, Which like, is a good way to use that character, and then as you get on, you'll find that other characters are getting stronger than him. True. You know, even if they're keeping up in levels. Um, I went ahead and asked in Discord who everyone sent, or whoever people sent home, if they're playing with us. I uh, got a couple, handful of answers. Uh, Jagen or Jagen seems to be the most popular one. Uh, Whirlwind sent him home, as did Soldan and Sandman. Uh, although Sandman said he did it for um, his sins in Fire Emblem Heroes as opposed to him being a pre-promoted unit. Hmm. And Void chose to send away King. Oh, interesting. So, I, I guess he wanted to protect Abel, you know. So those guys don't have a strong past. No, they're just going to have infighting and steal someone's yeah. rib or wife. I can't remember that story. I think it's one of the two. It's, yeah. Cain and Abel brothers, and one kills the other. I think Cain killed Abel. It's a long time since I've looked into that one, so but I just do remember that big one. That mm-hmm. one. Um. Uh. So, and did you manage to get Gordon? I mean, he's kind of hard to miss. But... Yeah, they they telegraph that one pretty pretty hardcore, and they're like, "Yeah, we're they're gonna... introducing you to a big mechanic in the game." And these early games, it was quite a big command mechanic as we're finding yeah well it's it, they basically like show the, the cutscene of of them like no i'm gonna i'm gonna put a i've dressed you up in our uniform and i'm gonna put a blunt or a mouth piece on you and then you're gonna you're gonna get stuck by the prince and then he's gonna get all bad pr and oh. yeah, yeah yeah and it's like oh man yeah oh, actually i forgot his name's not gordon it's gaggles because <laughs> apparently for gagging someone they decided to name him nickname him gaggles Hey, you know what? It, you you can't be you can't be a good bad guy and a good namer at the same time. It's not the easiest Apparently thing to balance the two. Uh, so. But you know, once you get into the main game, you start to it the the roster expands quite a bit because you you end up going to the island of Talos and basically they give you a whole. Well, that doesn't expand a ton in the first chapter. Mm. Uh, there, you only get Draug and Sita. Uh, you can also get Norn, who is an archer, if you have fewer four characters few four or fewer characters after the prologue so basically so one of you... your if one of your um cavalrymen died on top of the one that got sacrificed or you did not recruit gordon uh you should get norn to replace him essentially huh. so so either way you always have an archer um after the prologue well, yeah, pretty much. I mean, if you got Gordon and if he died, then you'll have Norn. Or if he didn't die, you'll have him. And if one of the others died, you'll have Norn. So. Um, right. And you, you uh, always have a Archer in Act 1 mm-hmm. or Chapter 1. Uh, Draug, you meet at the end of cha- the prologue, but you don't actually get him as a playable character until the um, Chapter 1. And then Sita comes asking you to aid saving Talus yeah. and joins you. Sita being Marth's sweetheart. Yep. Uh, yes. I don't know if Marth's aware of it at this point. Sita definitely seems to be 
uh, smitten with him already. <laughs> but um, she, I believe they do end up marrying in the second move in the second game. Uh, yeah, that never came over here. They're gonna have uh, a bunch also, of blue-haired babies. Yep. Also, in that chapter, you can recruit Castor and Riss and Daros. Daros, the pirate. Arr. Or no, Castor and Daros might not be till Act Three, and Riss is the only one in Act One, I think. Riss, you get from talking, going into a village, and being like, "Can yes. you take this creepy old man? He's he's bothering our children." Uh sure, we'll go with that. Although actually, it's you enter the village, and he's there and offers to help out. I know. Yes, that's and true. Since you I'm have just... no here no healers yet, it's kind of a good deal at the time. Yeah. No, his potions uh, do wonders around the around the around the festivities so yeah you're right uh but yeah castor and daros pop up i think the next the next chapter and uh castor is another archer daros is a, is a pirate axe guy uh he's got the sweet accent and everything too although castor is a different class of archer he's what's called a hunter mm. uh slightly different stat lines um in act act two you automatically get uh ogma in his rhyming uh axe wielding trio Bars, board, and cord. Well, Barst isn't rhyming, but still, board and cord. <laughs> Barst, come on, get in line. You were so close. What, what could his name be? Like, well, you know, Aord, board, and cord, and then you got hey. ABC. If you ask Barst, he's quite happy not fitting in because he's the only one who's managed to make it into heroes. True. Board, board and cord, cord have not made it over. They have not made the cut. Yep. So, and Ogma's made it as well. Agma has made it, yeah. I recognize him. Um, going forward, the next map, you get Navarre, and he's the guy you have to talk to with a lady because he's he won't hit a lady, is basically, I think, the... Yep, it's, you have to talk to him with Sita, and he uh, apparently she knows him from somewhere. Right. Uh, he doesn't really admit to or explain where, but he agrees that, you know, if you're going to risk your life or you're going to let me kill you, then you're the highest bidder, and I'll fight for you. Um, also in that chapter, you get your first thief in Julian and Lena. Yeah. Um, also, we forgot to mention Daros you get by talking with Marth during that chapter. Yeah. Uh, Castor, you talk with Sita. Because she, so, she knows Castor yeah, he, as well. Uh, yeah, that's one of the telegraphed, easily telegraphed ones where at the start of the chapter, um, Castor's bemoaning what he's... You know, falling in with these pirates after how good Sita and Talus had been to him. Uh, mm -hmm. And when Sita talks to him, he kind of regrets his choices. Complain, you know, mentions like, "But I needed the money to save my mom or something." And she was like, "If that's what you need, then here, take my money and go go home." And he agrees to join you. Uh, start a chapter. Three is when Julian and Lena join you automatically from the start. Um, they're running. Uh, Lena was captured by the thieves in the mountains, and Julian decided to betray them to save her. Um, and then Navarre's chasing them down, and if you talk to him with Sita, he joins you. Mm -hmm. uh, as you move on to chapter four. Uh, you get another telegraph at the beginning when Mathis talks about how he misses his sister Lena and how upset she'd be with him for 
what has happened to him. Um, and then also in another village, you find Merrick. <laughs> uh, so you have to actually bring Lena, the healer, over to talk with Mathis here. Yeah, that was a tough one, I felt, because you, you either had to get the positioning just right where, where Mathis was going to run up, but my, my healer was kind of far behind, so I had to kind of risk it and bring my units uh, back enough, but, but Mathis ended up hitting a couple of my units. He didn't die, so so that worked out quite well. But uh, Yeah, that that was the risk. Um, if Mathis hits the wrong unit and gets killed in one round, you lose a character right there. You know, and then you have to bring Lena up before he gets another chance to attack or something. So, yeah, that was a bit of a risk, a bit of a challenging one. Yeah, but I got him nonetheless. Didn't really yep. didn't really miss that one. But Although uh, I personally had a bit more hassle getting Wendell in Chapter 5. Right. Uh, chap- yep. Chapter 5, you can only bring 10 characters in because you get an automatic uh, 5 characters in uh, Hardin, Wolf, Sedgar, Roshia, and Violin uh, from Arliss joining your group. Right. Uh, but there's one enemy you can talk to with Marth or Merrick, uh, and that is Wendell. Um, I had so many resets where I would line it up and just couldn't quite reach Wendell with um, Marth or Merrick that round. And then he would run up and kill, uh, I think he killed, excuse me, I think he killed Gordon once. Uh, one time he went after Marth and someone killed someone else, so I had to reset there. Uh, one time he went after and successfully killed Marth. Just many attempts, because I um, will not be getting any of the special side per- paralogue chapter characters, because... I'm one of the resetters who doesn't like to lose characters. So right. Every time I lost someone, I would reset. Yeah, I'm in the same boat where I'm I'm resetting every time. So it'll be interesting to see what characters we do miss uh, out on those paralogs. Um, I know we talked a bit about that when we were before we were coming up with this uh, this game. Um, but all in all, I didn't yeah. miss any recruitable characters. Did you? Same here. Nope, I did not miss anyone. Um, I actually went through and looked at it in order to get the um chap uh, the paralog chapter i'd have to kill off like 12 characters next round <laughs> well maybe so, don't do that <laughs> no not not gonna happen that'd be quite a bit so. uh, i i did notice there was a lot of like we talked a bit about this already but a lot of I'm not used to it. I don't think I remember it in Echoes very much. There, was a, there wasn't a lot of go talk to this person with another specific person, follow the hints. Um, it felt very, very, there was a lot of it here. Uh, yeah, um, there was a lot more of it in here and than in Echoes. In Echoes, a lot, lot of it was more um, in the towns and stuff where you recruited people. Or you would recruit them after the battle was over. There wasn't as much recruiting during the battles um but i recall from fire emblem and uh maybe not as much from awakening but still a bit from awakening and many of the other fire emblem games you actually usually got a lot of characters through recruiting them during the combat Hmm. you know you'd have to go talk to the right person um i recall it being more of a case of talk to them with the main lord only 
less of talk to them with Cena instead of Marth. Uh, like, uh, back at the beginning of the year or late last year, I started playing through this game a bit on my own. And I think one time I tried to talk to Navarre with Marth, and nope, he wouldn't have any of it. And ended up fighting till he died. And it's like, I eventually realized, oh, you need to talk to him with Sita instead of Marth. Yeah. So. Well, it's a, a very good start to the first part of Game Club. And I've, I've really enjoyed my time in Shadow Dragon. I look forward to continuing it in the next couple of weeks. But where, where are we headed uh, for next Game Club? Um, well, it may seem like fewer, but remember we did the prologue this week, which was an extra four, albeit shorter, chapters. Uh, the current plan is to go through the end of Chapter 11. Mm -hmm. um, as we've noticed, after the prologue chapters, the chapter or the maps and battles get can get quite long, and I recall them usually getting even longer as the game goes on. So I'm fully expecting that to be more than enough, if not even possibly a bit too much for us, but we'll try to get through chapter 11. We'll check in next week if we're feeling a little like it's a little overwhelming. We might trim a chapter or two off. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm fully expecting as we get further into it, we're going to be doing one or two chapters a session. Yeah. Well, I look forward to playing more Shadow Dragon and getting to talk about it with you and uh, seeing how our listeners do. If you're playing alongside us, please let us know in the Discord, on Twitter, via email, and let us know your thoughts on the first part of Shadow Dragon. All right. So uh, before before we fully wind down Shadow Dragon, I just wanted to ask you, how do you feel about the um, uh, the map checkpoint system? Yeah, we were talking about this earlier today, and not to not to dwell too much on it, I think the checkpoints are an interesting use uh to kind of bridge the gap of of our us resetters um mm -hmm. i like it uh i think it it makes the maps feel safer but i know you kind of turned me on the turn wheel i, I think the turn wheel was always was always felt a little it, it felt a little cheap to me so i think like the checkpoints are a nice bridge but it'll be interesting to see how i feel later on in the game when i'm sure those checkpoints will you have to use them yeah. strategically i think yeah, and that's part of my issue with them so far. Um, I mean, yeah, the I definitely prefer the turn wheel because it is kind of overpowered uh, with the fact that you lose a character, you can go back to uh, before you move them and move them one step closer or further away from the enemy so they don't get killed. Uh, whereas this, if you lose a character and you're resetting, you have to poss possibly go back four or five turns. Or however long it was since you hit the checkpoint. Mm -hmm. uh, the other, the other issue I've noticed is the placing of the checkpoints. Like chapter five was the real annoying one in that one of the checkpoints is where all is right underneath all your characters where you start. I just started. I don't need a checkpoint here. I need a checkpoint once I've, you know, killed off a couple of the other enemies. You know. Yeah, maybe maybe they're wanting you to to use it with Sita once you get. Once you, uh, you save yeah. uh, Wendell, but you know, even then it feels a little weird location to place it there. You know, they are weird as as opposed to up near the corner where Wendell is. You know, you rescue Wendell, then you send him up there to save. Yeah, just might be a little telegraphing, but in my mind, but 
but I agree with you. It, it, it is weird, but, uh, but yeah. It would make a bit more sense than right where you start. It's a little into the map, but it's, you know, not at the end. I mean, if anything, that chapter maybe should have only had the one checkpoint over by the end area as opposed to yeah. two checkpoints. Yeah. So. Uh, I think I think the checkpoints are interesting. I think my my true feelings on them will probably come to light later on in the game once we've we're in the more complex maps. Um, but I definitely prefer either the checkpoints or the turn wheel over having nothing in place, similar to true. To I definitely prefer stuff. the checkpoints over nothing, but mm. definitely prefer the fir- uh, turn wheel over checkpoints. Yeah. But, yep. So we do have a new legendary hero coming out this next fr- this coming Friday. Um, as I've mentioned before, I looked through, uh, based on who's returning this month, we should have a bl- new blue hero, a blue hero filling him out. So who do you think it might end up being? Hmm. Who do I think this blue hero will be for the legendary? O- honestly, I, I'm not sure, but I want to be surprised. I don't want to be like, oh yeah, okay, that, that made sense. It feels like it's been a while since we've gotten a legendary hero that truly felt like a oh did not see that coming you know they've uh okay. they've really been they've really been what about lucina Lu- lucina felt like another just a you know it was not a surprise lucina is kind of a well well-regarded hero okay. but what about what what about this this just popped into my head what if it's book two related and we get one of the one of the siblings of Fiorm as a legendary hero like do you think they might do that like now that one of them's technically like a prince lord thing no he was technically a prince the whole time he was Mm -hmm. child of the previous ruler i wonder like i wonder if Um, we might get like a book two related legendary hero like that would be a nice surprise of the two it would be read over uh yulger maybe yulger would be there as a caster that could be a possibility uh doesn't make a ton of sense and also i if i recall red's art is a sword Although having a sword in hand doesn't mean anything, since oh right, Raven I guess it's gotta around. be a lance or or a magic hero. Yep. Yeah. And okay. I was thinking maybe we'll get a new another dragon grand hero or legendary hero with maybe a corn. Corn would be a good one. Yeah. A dragon. I mean, it's lance. really they seem to keep the lords. I mean, Lucina is. You know, the daughter of a lord, but she's still technically a lord. So they do seem to keep the lords. And I don't see them using Shiro, who's the son of Ryoma. To- what? Sorry, uh, apparently Siri thought I was talking to her. You were. Point. You said, hey Siri, who do you think the next legendary hero will be? I, I think Corrin's a great guess, because we haven't had Corrin. She's She or he is kind of the last... Uh, the one that pops into my head that you're missing from the from the latest games. Um, yeah, I mean, I personally would not mind seeing heroes from the older games, but in that case, I really have no clue who it could be because I really don't know who from the um, legendary or from the Japan only games or mm-hmm. even the other games is a Lance hero that could be come out as a um, legendary hero. Uh, there is Ephraim, but I'm not expecting him to be pulled up, uh, cause I think he is a cavalier or maybe he's not, but 
You know, I'm not expecting Ephraim to get a legendary hero yet because we've mm-hmm. already gotten two from Fire Emblem. And you're not going to get an Om Blue Bow because we just got a Lucina Blue Bow. So yeah, I mean, I'm ho- I'm still hoping for Om next month mm-hmm. uh, and be our Red Bow unit. Yeah, since we still don't have a Red Bow yet. But I I think that. Corn's a great guess. A surprise hero would be really nice. Someone who we didn't expect. Uh, someone from the older games would be really good. I, I think those are all solid, solid guesses, and we probably won't have to wait long. I'm, uh, when do you expect the trailer to drop? Probably the next, like Tuesday. Um, unless they decide they need to update things earlier, I expect a trailer by Wednesday night. Okay. Uh, you know the usual twenty-eight hours before the event starts. Um, they could do it earlier. They could wait a little later. It's anyone's guess. Uh, if they feel they need to put some kind of update in for something else com- coming up uh, earlier, then they would have to, you know, um, you know, the data miners would probably be able to get hold of it, and at that point, they would release the trailer usually. Mm-hmm. So, well. We will uh, we will find out soon enough. I look forward to seeing what the next legendary banner brings us. Uh, we 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 poke our heads into the Elrond Gate only to laugh in its face as there was a new Nintendo Direct, but no Fire Emblem Three Houses news. Uh, plenty of Animal Crossing yep. if you're into that, but uh, we don't talk about that yeah. here. Was kind of bummed that there was not anything about it. I mean, most of the Nintendo Direct seemed to be focused on stuff coming out by. December or whatever next couple months yeah or um, keeping or fans from tearing the, down the internet by telling us yeah, no no there it, isn't any animal crossing oh well that was I mean I didn't I wasn't able to watch it live but I can see that I can just feel the frustration of the animal crossing people turning into joy from that announcement it, I mean, they <laughs> they trolled them hard with yeah, that. They did, but they but they they did say wait until the very end. And and honestly, when it comes to three houses, I don't expect any new information until uh, until January. If we go back to the Elrond Gate before the end of the year, it's going to be for uh, Smash Brothers. I would expect well, more Smash Brothers stuff to to appear here before three houses. There was a part of me hoping we would get news in this Nintendo Direct. And that would mean we would be more likely to get it January, February, as opposed to March, April, May. You know? But, yes, I'm not horribly surprised there wasn't anything in this Nintendo Direct, because it's probably not coming out till at least March, if not later. So yeah. It still feels soon, though. So, I mean, my yeah. time has kind of weirdly changed in that something six months from now always seemed like such a far away time but six months is like that's like that's only half a year guys uh so look forward to more of that in the near future but but that's going to do it for this episode a little bit long but lots to talk about hope you guys enjoyed it uh you can visit us on the web gamersinpodcast.com slash fay you can email the show fay at gamersinpodcast.com if you're playing shadow dragon we want to know about it we don't want to just this is a game club this isn't just eddie and ryan play video games and you have to listen to us it's a game club i mean sometimes it is eddie and ryan play video games and you have to listen to us but uh you can check out the fire emblem channel in the gamers in discord over at bit.ly slash tgi discord let us know what you're doing in fire emblem heroes there you can follow us on twitter 
You can find myself at Eddie at Dralfear, and for show updates, don't forget to follow at TheGamersIn. That's going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. Have a great week, and happy summoning.